I am pretty new to this uh, media, so that's why I, I have no idea because before I pretty much uh, do the presentation, so I don't really know how to do a conversational uh, discussion. Yeah, I'm so happy that you joined me because I finally have someone I can kind of like, you know, talk. So make this a little bit more like Clubhouse rather than, you know, another presentation stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, I we can discuss news or anything. Yeah, today I I read the news is, um, uh, it's called Tribeca Film Festival, uh, brings back in-person VR and free outdoor events. Uh, I find out that is really interesting because uh, when I did the research, Tribeca is actually uh, the annual film and the interactive storytelling festival that, you know, like in, in uh, NY in New York. Yeah, so pretty much they are probably the biggest or the best, according to the article, that they are going to have um, indoor uh, and outdoor events. Yeah, so um, it means that a lot of creative or a lot of um, artists, they will, that they have a lot of, you know, like VR movies. Uh, yeah, so um, pretty much I saw on their um, a website, uh, the festival will be held on June 9th to 20th. So you can purchase the ticket online and they have two types of ticket. One is in-person ticket. So you, you might need to go to New York and you know participate at uh, the the VR festival um, in their buildings or in their uh, you know facilities. But another one is at home, which means that you can wear your VR cargo and uh, you know um, join the festival uh, remotely. Pretty much, they will be showcasing a lot of artists' uh, VR work. Yeah, so um, if you go to CNET. I think it's uh, if you have computers in front of you, you can see Tribeca Film Festival bring back the in-person VR and free outdoor events. Yeah, so yeah, so any any feedback or anything you wanna commenting on this news? Yeah, I was just looking at the article now, um, and it seems like a really cool thing. I was wondering if, how they would handle it, but then you mentioned uh, with the pandemic, but then you mentioned you can pop on your VR goggles and, and still be there. And I think that's actually like beautifully ironic. Um, that's kind of like the whole point of these realities and these experiences is you can create them, create your own reality whenever and wherever. Uh, time doesn't matter. So that's cool. I think I'll definitely be joining in. Um, thanks for sending me this. I had no idea this was going on. And, and what's cool too is like, you know, the VR space is, it's a lot of it is interactive mm, yes you know and so seeing that experiencing that interacting with it in a in an art way in a mm. film way um yeah. that's really something you know so much of it is like game applications or you know build this or, or do that but uh, mm. sometimes it's just cool to you know feel like you're underwater swimming with you know, alien fish or something. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So yeah, I, I think this is pretty awesome because to be honest with you, um, yesterday I have a call uh, in our center clubhouse uh, with a bunch of instructors, uh, our center instructors. Um, we were talking about um, like, you know, start from art form to, you know, right now we have uh, UX, UI, and later on, we will have XR, NUI, right? So uh, we were talking about the transition. 
And then uh, one of the instructor um, asked me a question that, cause I'm more like, you know, pro VR and AR. And he said that, oh, okay. So pretty much how do you create UX UI in XR? And it seems like, you know, you, um, it's not comfortable looking at an interface in 3D space. And it's also like a lot of, you know, like motion sickness, da, 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 da. And uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think of, of this? What will you answer for UX UI in XR? Um, that, uh, well, yeah, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, for me personally, um, that is the biggest hurdle in the, um, in the adoption of VR is the overall experience. And that touches not only on the interface that we see what's projected in front of our eyes, but also the hardware. Um, my valve index is heavy and I have to set up the, the beacons. You know, I got to plug everything in and, it, and I have to have a really nice computer in order to run all this stuff. And the barrier to entry as well as the physical hardware and feeling that, that's, that's a really negative experience. Yeah. Um, and then once you're in VR world, how do you design uh, design for it and mm. menus and, and fine motor skills um, with the hardware that we have now it can be difficult. Mm. Um, you know, the valve index controller is as beautiful as, as it is. I can't, well, I guess I can, you know, in like Half-Life Alex reach out and touch a menu item, um, but I still have to wear a controller. So where I see the, the adoption and, um, you know, the advocation uh, picking up is once we have better hardware to limit that barrier to entry. Um, so it's not as exhaustive of an experience, like physically exhaustive, putting on the goggles, it's heavy, my neck hurts, you know, all of these, um, uh, all of these, uh, does that make sense? Don't make oh, yes. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they feel like, yeah, because I, I, I told them that for me, pretty much when I, you know, when, when I wear VR gargoyle, I couldn't wear more than 40 or 30 minutes um, because I couldn't wear it too long. And then the interesting thing about this is that Magic Leap, there's an um, article about Magic Leap. Magic Leap um, CEO Peggy Johnson, a new headset is just a month away. And then in the interview with Protocol, uh, he said uh, she said that uh, the headset. Uh, let me see. Okay, so they are going to make the Magic Leap Two, uh, the new product, half of the size and about twenty percent lighter. Uh, yeah, so people can wear it for all day. Yeah, what do you think of this news? This news is in Protocol. If you type. P-R-O-T-O-C-O-L. And the title is Magic Leap CEO Peggy Johnson said that a new headset is just a month away. Yeah, so yeah, Magic Leap is going to launch their Magic Leap 2, I think um, the first quarter of 2022. Uh, I think the first quarter of 2022 is not really month away, it's probably a year away. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, so they are going to make the uh, Magic Leap 2 half of the size and 50% lighter. And they claim that it, they, you can wear it all day. What do you see? What, what's your comment about this news? 
you know, if they could make it. Do you remember those snap goggles from Snapchat? Oh yes, Spe yeah, spectacle. If they could make it like as light and as easy as that, so I could go to a festival and pop on my Magic Leap Two glasses, and you know, have an extended reality um, from that current concert that's playing before my eyes. Uh, that would be a, an amazing experience, um, in my opinion. And to be able to get it that light uh, with a better battery, um, to be able to be wearable uh, and also culturally accepted, um, I think I think that would be great. Magic Leap has um, stood the test of time. You know, they're uh, they're a decent company, um, and I'm excited to see what they come out with next. Uh, and I think making it lighter making it smaller is, is a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's very true. And uh, yeah, it seems like Magic Leap has some significant, uh, significant uh, layoff last year and they shut down its entire consumer business and it has that sales were reportedly far below international uh, projection. Um, yeah, so yeah, so I think the, um, you know, people are still looking looking at uh, the, the new CEO, whether this CEO Peggy uh, can, uh, can, you know, help Magic Leap, you know, become a, you know, yeah, like reborn from Ash, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, the Phoenix, yes. Yeah, the Phoenix, yeah, the Phoenix. Okay, so, um, so the, uh, another news will be, Okay, so it's, yeah, it's in Nasdaq.com, N-A-S-D-A-Q, Nasdaq.com. Uh, the title is called Virtual Reality is Where the Internet Was 20 Years Ago. And in this article, uh, let me see, written by Jonathan o Ovadia. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a CEO of another, uh, um, it's called uh, X-Lab, yeah. Yeah, so he's a gamer, so he wrote uh, this article in Nasdaq. Yeah, so pretty much he kind of recall a little bit of history of internet and VR. So I find this article is very interesting because uh, we, when we think of VR, we think of everything right now, but we haven't really looked back of what whatever happened in the past. So uh, briefly in this article, it says that the internet as we know it has been around for a little over 20 years now. Wow, it's only 20 years. I, I didn't even believe it. I'm much older than this. So <laughs> so it's like, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it's already around 20 years and it becomes so, you know, uh, I, I just moved to my new place and then I find out, you know, without the, um, I, I find out that, oh my God, without uh, internet, everything just start, you know, getting really um, annoying because without internet, I couldn't even survive. So, so it's very interesting that internet just has been around for just 20 years. And uh, yeah, so um, uh, let me see. So uh, he said, he, he talks about the evolution of VR. The concept of virtual reality actually dates back to the early 1900s, as imagined by Stanley uh, Wabon in his story. It's called 
Pygmenian, uh, Pygmenian spectacles. It's a, it, it's kind of like the first novels that mention uh, VR. So in his story, his vision of virtual reality machine was a shocking prof, uh, uh, just like a pre, um, kind of like a precede the, the, the future. So he described a pair of goggles that puts uh, on the character into a simulation fictional world. So pretty much he was the first one back in 1900s who wrote uh, someone wear a pair of goggles and go into the simulation world. So he was the first one who, who brought that up. And around 1955, which is which was uh, 50 years later, uh, there was another guy called Morton uh, Heilig create another first VR machine and had mounted the display. Yeah, so someone wrote a novel uh, in 19, uh, 1900s and then after 55 years later, someone made the first VR machine that was head-mounted display. And 10 years later, um, another guy uh, created a modern concept of virtual reality, a virtual world that replicate the reality perfectly and was powered by computer hardware to keep it updated in real time. And uh, yeah, back in 1990s, video game company Sega and Nintendo reveals the their first VR game solutions, a headset and a 3D game console. Um, yeah, so that's the kind of like the early um, concept around 1900s. And VR, uh, you know, like back in 2010, thanks to a college student named uh, Palmer Lockie, he created the first prototype of Oculus Rift. And just two years later, he raised $2.5 million from Kickstarter campaign. Uh, social media giant Facebook just bought, uh, he bought uh, Oculus Rift in 2014 for $2 billion. Finally, bringing virtual reality to the forefront of public, uh, uh, for the public. So later on, Sony started uh, working on the uh, PlayStation PSVR and Google re started releasing uh, Google Cardboard. So it all happened, you know, in 2010. In 2010, a college student just uh, invented Oculus Rift. See, right now it's 2021, right? It's like 11 years ago. The first Oculus Rift just was born. You see, it was like 10 years ago. VR was, you know, officially kind of officially born. And now look at VR right now. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So do you have any thoughts about uh, the history or uh, the internet and VR? Yeah, I do. Um, it's, I, I clearly remember those mornings and afternoons when, uh, when I would, I was like 10 and, uh, 12 or something like that and the internet was still um, in its infancy and it you know you dialed up and uh, msn and encarta and all that and to see how far we've come in just a short time is, is really amazing i didn't connect the dots until you just mentioned 20 years yeah. that oh that's not that long ago um and i, I still remember playing with my uh, nintendo virtual it was called. It was just this basically a, a prototype of what we have now, what we could consider wireframes in the UX world of virtual reality. 
where it was like you you put this big chunky thing you, you put your face up to this big chunky thing that that was sitting on a, a desk and you had your controller and you could see into a different world and it totally encapsulated your vision right you, you couldn't see anything else you could hear and you could smell of course and all that um, and i think that was that was really uh, like the article mentioned um, ahead of its time uh, sega had something as well um but what, what we're seeing now is like we're we're there as far as okay now it's at the forefront of the market right facebook finally there's a lot of things to say about Facebook and, and how they've handled the Oculus situation, um, but at least it's it's now in the meta, right? It's it's in the hive. It's people are talking about it. People want it. People are doing it. Um, but I think the uh, it's still in its infancy. I would agree with the article that it is just the beginning. Um, we now we're at the baseline. If Virtual Boy were the low fidelity, now we have you know the Oculus that was high fidelity prototype, and now we're you know Valve Index, which is production, uh, but it's just version one. You know, you know like, again going back to the better experience of don't make like the best design is invisible. So I would very much like to see you know contact lenses where I can just pop them in, or have something snap onto my brain stem that controls my realities using my actual vision. Uh, but then of course we get into like biosecurity and all that. Um, so I think that I agree we are in like the infancy. Where we were with the internet 20 years ago, we are with reality right now. Um, in mixed reality, extended reality. Uh, and I'm excited to see more and more creators starting to just play with it in the creative space because we'll, we'll tease out some ideas for applications in there in there um and that it is slowly becoming normalized it's not so sci-fi anymore yeah I, I think uh what you say is like very true because i totally agree with you like i remember a uh, fuller um fuller said that uh, fuller was i think he it, was a super successful architecture or you know some structure um, related uh, field in America. And he mentioned, he has a quote, he said, eventually we will use nothing to achieve everything. So I remember uh, you know, uh, Elon Musk tweet um, one picture, which is a, a guy sitting um, something, right? And then driving something, but there's nothing in front. You know, like um, the, the guy just sit there and trying to drive something, right? And there's nothing, right? And he said, this is the future Tesla. I think this is amazing because the future Tesla, actually, there's no forms, right? So everything is pretty much digitized and probably just, you know, you can feel like you are driving and maybe something will teleporting you somewhere or you will feel you are going somewhere. But actually, there's no form to take you to there. Yeah, which I think is so high level of, you know, like the interface, which you don't feel anything, right? And then you just achieve everything. So, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, in the future, 
as you see, like I think GUI is like the 2D, two-dimensional world, right? And then three-dimensional world will be XR, AR, VR, MR because it add like, you know, like another dimension. And in the future, I would say maybe, you know, neural link, right? Because I think Elon Musk is always two steps uh, away from the, the the world, I think XR is one step away, one step away from uh, GUI, um, because uh, XR pretty much, if you want a really good, you know, experience in XR, you probably need NUI. What's NUI? Natural user interface. It's it means that, uh, for example, like gesture control, voice command, iris control, or um, you know, like brain machine interface. That's the the more futuristic one. Uh, yeah, so from those, for example, like we have haptic, you know, uh, touch or some other interface. And um, Apple just released, there's something called thermal touch, which using the heat map to, uh, to detect uh, the, you know, uh, where your fingers touch the screen. So yeah, so I pretty much think that this is something that, uh, let us to get rid of the, the traditional visual UI. Because yesterday in our center talk, because our center, I would say, is still pretty much handcraft, really heavy academic or like art school. And during this, the, the talk, uh, I remember some students were uh, have some questions about, um, is graphic design the same as UI or UI is different from graphic design. I was like, okay, UI is user interface. It is totally different from graphic design. Graphic design is visual and user interface. It doesn't have to be seen. For example, like a VUI, uh, you are speaking will be, you know, inter, uh, will be directly become a, a interface. So yeah, so yeah, so, you know, for example, Alexa turn on the light, right? So when you say that and the light turn off, uh, turn, turn on, and then the words you should say becomes an interface to trigger the comment. So uh, you don't need any graphics behind it or any visual. So I was surprising that um, some art school students still think that, oh, the interface, um, you know, like app design or web design is just another poster design another you know, graphic design and you know yeah I mean uh, it can it, if we use NUI all the structure will be totally different and a lot of redundant structure or research or you know uh, information will be totally replaced or like you know reduced through all the um, natural user interface uh, what do you see that uh, the transition oh I think so especially about user interface. It doesn't have to be visual. And if we really want to have a fully immersive XR experience, um, we're going to have to think a little bit more than vision and sound. Um, so like you were mentioning, touch, smell. I mean, all of the senses we're going to have to encapsulate in order to deliver a true another reality experience um, and that uh, that's just new territory i don't think people especially in institutions who it's their job to you know accreditize students 
using their you know uh, institutional learning and, and history and, and professors and everything um there's definitely some research that needs to be done before it gets trickled down into students who are thinking okay this is this is now the new ui this is the, now how we're supposed to be thinking about interacting with machines um does that make sense Dominic? oh yeah i think yeah i think ui is human machine interface user in interface right so it doesn't really have to be seen or you know it doesn't have to be visual for example it can be audio feedback right and it can be um, um i don't know visual feedback is one of it but it can be touch feedback it can be um i don't know sound feedback and any types of feedback right so uh, if there is something that is uh, the interface between human and machine, it can be, you know, it, it's UI, right? So I think uh, right now, uh, because we are still in the uh, traditional UX UI, and I know that um, that uh, UX UI, because people just think that, yeah, I mean, UX UI is something that is current, but uh, they still couldn't really see that the NUI and uh, uh, XR is coming. And I kind of uh, have the examples that is, you know, Apple is going to launch their AR glass in 2022. So which means that, um, yeah, so pretty soon that you see like an iPhone, every iPhone launch is pretty much the same. It's just a better camera, you know, better memory, that's it. And there's nothing new. So pretty much it means that the GUI, the, the hardware, is already you know to the maximum. So that's why you see Apple is a star working on their AR goggle. It's interesting that Apple is always going to the market really late, but later on, once they enter the market, they pretty much occupy the whole thing, right? So yeah, that's one thing about Apple is that yeah, they are really smart about learning all the all the stuff in the market, do all the research. And they will get the best practice and it will implement to their product. And once they launch, since, you know, iPhone is everywhere and it seems like the, the AR uh, gargoyle, they launch, well, you know, you need to pair up your iPhone. So, yeah, so people might as well just buy, uh, the iPhone user might as well just buy the AR gargoyle. So pretty soon a lot of user, uh, you know, like designers, since the hardware is different, designer need to switch their gears to um, VR right? or like AR, more like 3D interface. And uh, I, I want to ask you, have you ever done any like um, AR, VR interface? And if yes, then how do you kind of uh, uh, execute those? You know, I, I've done as far as prototyping goes, but not very production. And those prototypes have been um, some under NDA. Uh, so I'll just talk about the experiences. Of, uh, and to be honest with you, it's, it's nothing short of, or it's nothing more than just like a terrain and really being able to create your own virtual space. Um, you know, think about it like a, a meditation space or something um, where I, I can go and I can feel like, hey, this is my little area, you know, something like Second Life or, or whatever. Um, but I haven't, I haven't really, um, 
got out into the wild uh, and the sort of experiences like that um, that we're talking about just yet. One one project that I am working on is a, is a side puzzle. Um, it's just an AR application that uses the, the camera in order to um, identify specific things and present to the user information on those specific things. Um, so I think extending uh, <laughs> extending XR to you know not just my eyes, as as Stephen who has, is a human with eyeballs and puts you know screens in front of those, but also thinking about the camera on the devices as eyes as well. Um, and that's kind of like where my head is at right now because I think that's sellable. AR is is easy right now for people to adopt and uh, and use, um, but XR or excuse me VR totally VR um, that it's really hard to do. You need like you need a good team um, to make a sound product. Uh, it's still it's still not not there just yet. But you know that I would <laughs> I would love to see Tony one day. Um, I've worked in the therapeutics and medical world before. Um, I'm in cybersecurity right now, but one of the, one of the issues that um, we were addressing uh, was suicide. And we have used natural language processing to um, accurately, with at least 93%, uh, anticipate whether or not a kid, an adult, was going to kill themselves or not. You know, clinicians get it right 50% of the time. So what happens when a completer, uh, someone who has taken their own life, uh, doesn't exist in the world anymore? Well, that affects about six people. What if those six people got the opportunity to say goodbye? Or say, I'm sorry, or say, say those final words that they never got to say to that person. I'm so angry at you, whatever, you know. What catharsis could we provide for them? And I think there's, therapeutic application in being able to put on your headset and see a 3D model of that person who you have to say goodbye to and interacting with them. You know, we can, we have LiDAR cameras on the back of our phones now. We have so many facial points. I mean, <laughs> God, I don't know how much TikTok has just on individual facial points and, you know, the way their body grows and, and shapes over time. But you know, we have the tech is basically to, to reconstruct people. Um, and to be able to do that in a therapeutic way, a healthy way, um, in a guided way, to to help people's lives, um, that to me is is an experience, a wholesome experience. It's not just a, a user interface. Um, here the the UI is the the person. And the experience is interacting with them in a virtual way, uh, but still being able to um, handle uh, that grief cycle appropriately and uh, being able to finally say goodbye. So um, those are some of the things that I've been working on um, and have jostling around my head uh, as far as like where we're, where we can go. But again, it's like. Not until we get the tools to really make our experiences easy to, to design these experiences, um, it's 
just going to be that, that really dense barrier to entry. Yeah, I think yeah. What I think what you are doing is really meaningful because, I mean, uh, yeah, I think VR, uh, especially VR, uh, can really help a lot of medical or you know a lot of emotional relief or uh, uh, guidance, give guidance for uh, uh, emotion uh, relief or you know like um, you know communicate a uh, communication uh, between humans. So we can probably. Uh, know, you know, the suicide, who will suicide, right, and helping or guiding them. So I think this part is definitely amazing. And then, yeah, and then right now uh, is 9.34 uh, a.m. PST, and I really appreciate Stefan uh, joining me because I've been talking to myself for a long time, and I'm really happy that uh, you, I kind of like talk to me, so I don't have to, you know, keep talking. As for me, I think this is a good thing, so I will keep, um, you know, doing it. And uh, I, I, I will. Uh, are, are, are you available? Maybe I can invite you to co-host this with me, and maybe this will grow at some point. Yeah. Right now, I just started. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm in the Bay Area as well. Oh, great, great. So yeah, yeah I'm so, actually just right by the Levi Stadium. Um, so, super close, able to uh, jump on at usually around this time, and it should be good for me. Okay, um, so... I'd love your help. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, I found you on Meetup, and then I saw you had like an app clubhouse thing. Yeah. And it took me so long to get a clubhouse in invite, but um, yeah, you were the driving force for bringing me here. Oh, um, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I have I, no I, idea. Yeah, because to be honest with you, um, um, I, actually, you can uh, message me and ask for a uh, clubhouse invitation because I have six right now. Yeah, I, I always ask my friend, like, do you need clubhouse invitation? Because I have six and they, they all say, oh, I don't need or oh, I don't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the future, you can ask me. Probably I will have some tickets. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, sure. Yeah, I can add you. And if you can follow me, I think. Uh, that would be great. And later on, I can, um, you know, um, for, for example, like XR Daily News, like 10, and I will put the numbers. And then, yeah, the, the format will be, you know, um, in the morning, an hour earlier, I will read the news. And then when you show up, maybe, I don't know if you kind of feel, yeah, it's a pretty good routine. You can, you know, read the news uh, uh, an hour ahead and then we can discuss the news. And if anyone wants to jump in and we just share. So yeah, I really appreciate you joining today. So um, today the call is more like a club's house call, which has the interaction before it was me and reading the whole news and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let's try it out. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks for giving me an opportunity. Yeah, sure, sure. And this um, this call will be, I would say, uh, recorded and post on um, um, you know, YouTube. So yeah, so if anyone wants to see it, uh, they can. And um, I don't know how to do this because I didn't see any chat or something in, um, in here. So uh, if you can give me any con connecting information, for example, I put your email somewhere on your, I don't know, profile or something, and uh, um, I can 
Oh, let me think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it should be. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I am on LinkedIn. So yeah. So ah, right, right. I I want to say that because uh, my banner is only me. So if you can send me your profile image, then I can add you your profile photo uh, to the the show for the hosting. So yeah. So it seems like there are more people and. It, you know, people will love to join a, a room where there are a lot of people talking, not just a person and trying to communicate with you and people will feel scared. Before I was trying to talk with the people who jump in the room and later on they just disappear because people don't want to talk. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I got what you want. Yeah, so yeah. yes. So yeah, uh, maybe we can connect to LinkedIn. You just type Dominique Wu and I think mine is pretty top because I was pretty active in, in LinkedIn. Um, yeah, cool, 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 awesome. Yeah, so yeah, send me your, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. I see you. Yeah, I'll yeah. just message you once we connect. That would be a, a good start for our communication. Yeah, great. Yeah, great, great, great. Okay, cool. And I will see you tomorrow um, at nine o'clock PST, our time. All right. Cool. Take care. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah, mm. yeah. mm. Okay, bye-bye.